Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Hey, Radiant Church, it is Pastor Aaron here, and I'm so glad that you are at church today for week two of our summer series called Summer Feels, where every single week we are getting a fresh word from God that's helping move you from where you are to where God wants you to be. And last week I started the series out. If you missed the message, make sure you go on our website or on YouTube to check it out. I think it'll really help you. And today we have a huge honor of hearing from Jacob Peterson. If you don't know Jacob, let me tell you a little bit about his story. 11 years ago, he became an intern of mine when I was a youth pastor. He was a young fireball with so much potential, and we were able to raise him up, send him out, and he's literally preached around the globe, impacting thousands of lives. And a few months ago, he moved to Tampa to be part of Radiant Church. You probably remember him. He preached at First Wednesday, did a phenomenal job. You can find that message online. And now he is in the middle of helping launch our Radiant College. It is a fully accredited program through Southeastern University that'll be taking place right here at your church. And maybe it's just for you. Maybe you're supposed to enroll this upcoming fall and we're gonna help this next generation reach their God-given calling. I am so excited about what God is gonna do through Radiant College. And maybe, just maybe, God is stirring your heart right now to enroll, be part of this, and see how he uses it to change your life for eternity. Well, today we have a huge honor of hearing Pastor Jacob bring the word in all of our services. I believe this is going to be a message that'll transform your life. So I want you to help me out. I want you shouting them down. I want you amening them. I want you taking a bunch of notes. It is going to be an amazing message. So let's stand at every location. Let's welcome our Radiant College Director, Jacob Peterson, to bring the word today. Good morning, Radiant Church. Come on, could you give that to Jesus right now? Come on, God is so good. How many of y'all are excited to be at Radiant this morning? Amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much for coming. A real quick, uh, real quick announcement. If you got some room beside you, could you squeeze in? We got people still coming in. This is an exciting thing. So if we can make some room for everyone this morning, that would be amazing. And our ushers are going to point some people to some open chairs. But man, it is good to see you in the house of God this morning. How many of y'all are excited about Jesus today? Man, I'm so excited to be here. How many of y'all love Radiant? I love this church. What God is doing in this church is so special and so unique. And I'm so thankful and so honored to be a part of a life-giving church reaching Tampa Bay for Jesus. So, man, I believe that we're only beginning. I only believe this is phase one for what God's wanting to do in this area. And we're only moving up from here. Amen? I mean, also, Radiant College, I'm so pumped about that. I have the honor of running that. If you have any questions, you want to learn more about what it's about, how you can uh, work towards your degree, anything like that, my friend Shay is in the info center in the lobby. She would love to connect with you and give you some information for that. But, man, I'm ready to dive into this word. How many of y'all ready for the word this morning? I'm excited. If you have your Bible, turn to me to Romans chapter number 8, verse 14. Romans 8, 14. I love this scripture. This is what it says. It says, let me scroll to it. There we go. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. 
For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. Everybody say adoption. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now, you see, what I want to share with you about today, um, I'm sure you've heard before and even, you know, you've talked about before and you might have even said it before this morning. I simply want to encourage you that you are a child of God. Now, when I say that, it's kind of like that, like, cool, that's really cute. I know that. I have, a, I have a t-shirt or I have a bumper sticker. I have a bookmark at home. You know, that's one of those things that we've always heard in the church, just like John 3.16. If I were to ask you to quote it right now, everyone would be, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And it's such a powerful, life-giving scripture that God loved us so much. He sent his one and only son to die for us. But I'm afraid that we have allowed it just to become common in our lives. And when something becomes common, it loses the power behind it in our lives. But when we really look at it and realize what God is saying, same way when we talk about being children of God, if we're not careful, it can be one of those things that's like, yeah, you know, I'm a child of God. Like, you know, that's kind of a cool thing. But, but do you really realize that you are a son and a daughter of Almighty God. The God who created the heavens and the earth, the sun, the moon, and stars, is your father. Like, that's a big deal. When I learn that, everything changes. My world changes. My life changes. When we grasp that revelation that God is our father. And here Paul is writing to the Roman church, and he's encouraging them, and he's saying that you have received the spirit of Adoption. Now, when he wrote that to the early church in Rome, when he wrote that to the Roman church, they would have instantly heard that through, through a very specific filter. They would have heard that, and they would have immediately looked at the current adoption system in their day because adoption then and adoption now looks a little bit different. You see, in those days, what would happen is that the natural father and the son and the adopting father would all come together in a court system. And they would come together and they would begin the adoption process. And step number one was a process that we call, that, that they called in the Greek, mancipatio. Now, if that sounds weird, it does because I'm from Alabama. And Greek words just don't sound cool when you're from Alabama. Mancipatio, like, you know, mancipatio, that's where we get our word emancipation or freedom or liberty to set something free. And what would happen is the natural father and the son would come and meet the adoptive father and they would bring out a set of scales. And these are the type of justice scales that we all know that when you put a heavier object in one side, it tilts and then you can balance and equal it out. And what would happen is the father, the adopting father would then purchase the son from the natural father. You see, because the Bible says that we were all born into sin. We were all born into this natural, fleshly, the works of the flesh lead to death. As the Bible says, this natural, fleshly sin life. Even in Romans 7, the Bible talks about, Paul says, he says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, 
That is what I do. Like if you've ever been cut off going through Del Mabry and a certain finger just happens to make its way up and it's not the thumb. And your body is saying, don't do it. Stay saved. But your mind is saying, no. Or do you have that problem where your mouth does not listen to your brain? And somebody's talking to you. And the next thing you know, you're like, you are a one pathetic loser. And you're like, I can't believe I just said that. You know, it's that whole syndrome. I know you've done it. I know you've done it. Where you might have been, you know, talking about a current situation and you sent that text to that certain person. And thank you a lot, Steve Jobs. You can do a lot, but for some reason we can't cancel a text. Really? And you send it and you're like, ooh. I want to die. We all know that feeling of there being those things in our life that we do not want to do, but we find ourselves doing it. That's because we are under the ownership of the natural sin nature that we were born into. But that's not where the story ends. The Father has come and has purchased us out of that through His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. He paid the highest price, so we're no longer a slave to sin. Now we're sons and daughters of God. He has redeemed us. He has set us free from our sin nature. Second thing that happens is, second process is vindicatio. It's another southern word. Vindicatio is where we get our word to vindicate. Now, that word vindicate means to clear all blame and all suspicion. And I love this because when the child was purchased, when this individual, because a lot of times even adults in those days would be adopted by a wealthier, more prominent father in order to hand the business down to them. And what they would do is this, this adult, this individual who's being adopted, what they would do is they would take his whole file, his whole records, all of the debts he might have occurred, all the problems or situations that could have been in his past, they would take them and they would destroy them. And not only that, the father would then say, we're going to change your name. Listen, can I tell you that when you were adopted by God, all of your past sins, all of your past mistakes have been washed away by Jesus. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I love that because one of the biggest things that I find in individuals' life is that their past keeps them from their future. We all know that feeling of your mistakes. Life is going good. Everything's going good. And all of a sudden, you're laying in bed one night, and your mind's like, do you remember when you did that when you were 16? And you're like, I forgot about it, but thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like those mistakes in your life. You look back and all of a sudden Facebook will pop up a picture, a a TBT picture of you and your ex. And you're like, Facebook, I wish you wouldn't have went there. I wanted to forget that. All these mistakes in our past, the enemy will do everything in his power to remind you of your past. But can I tell you that when we get saved, we no longer have a past. We have a testimony. And the Bible says that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So the very thing that you regret is the very thing God uses to overcome the enemy with. I no longer have to be ashamed of my past. 
because Jesus has washed it away. And I no longer have to identify with my dysfunction because my identity is found in Jesus Christ. You are a child of God. Right now, no matter where you're at in your life, when you accept Jesus Christ, you become a child of God. So, so what does this mean? What does this mean in our life? I know we've heard it. We have the head knowledge of it. But what about a heart knowledge that leads to a life change? What does that look like for us on a day-to-day basis to be children of God? Number one, if you, if you have notes, if you're taking notes in your worship guide, number one is this. We have his presence. We have his presence. When, when God first began to real, uh, reveal this to me, and I began to read Romans 8 about being a son of God, and I, found, I began to find all these scriptures in Galatians, all throughout the Bible, that we are children of God, one of the first things that began to change in my life was my prayer life. That when I go to spend time with Jesus, my whole outlook of that began to change. And In Luke 11, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, they say, Lord, teach us how to pray. Now, let me pause right there. Notice how the disciples came to Jesus. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to preach. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to heal the sick. They they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to raise the dead. No, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray because they saw Jesus. They saw his prayer life and they saw his fulfillment in that. And they said, whatever he's doing, we want to learn. He said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And listen to how he starts. We know the Lord's Prayer. He says this. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's, he's telling us something right here. That the revelation of God as Father is the foundation for our prayer life. That when we come to God and you wake up in the morning and you got your nice hot cup of coffee and you got your Bible and you're about to spend time with Jesus before you go to work, when you go into that time, listen, we're not just going in because we have to. We're going in because we get to. Prayer is a privilege. I get to spend time with him. And as I'm going to use a lot of stories from my current parenting journey, I have two little girls, Reese and Piper, who are five and three years old. They're so much fun. So I'm going to pull some stories out of that because I've learned so much about the father's heart, about father God from being a father myself. And one of my favorite, probably the favorite time of my day is when I come home and it's like kids have this radar, like they sense you coming and you're like walking and all of a sudden like, you're about to go in, and I pull my key out, and as soon as I put it into the key, and as soon as the lock turns, it's like two velociraptors have been set loose. <laughs> Things are getting knocked over. Kids are getting pushed over, like running through the house. Daddy, daddy, they tackle me at the door, screaming, Daddy, daddy, we're so glad you're home. And I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, and, and I soon, I know the words are coming. Daddy? Can you play with me? <laughs> Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Daddy, can you play with me? And, you know, I'm 29 years old, and I, I consider myself to be, you know, I like manly stuff, hunting and fishing. And, you know, like, just, I'm, a pretty, I'm a masculine man, even though my skinny jeans might say otherwise. And, you know, I, I enjoy doing manly things. But I'll tell you one thing that I'm really good at. I'm really good at playing Barbies. <laughs> like, I found this niche 
I'm like really good at it. We have all these Barbies we dump out on the ground and there's all these like dresses and shoes and I'm like brushing their hair and I'm like, honey, bring that dress over here. It'll look great with these shoes. And we're like getting dressed and like I have their little voices down and we're doing wedding ceremonies with Woody and Barbie and it's just like a great time. You know, like, like I just found my niche. Like we go to Walmart now or, or Target and I'm like looking at the Barbie section like, ooh, that, we need that to our collection. I saw a barista Barbie the other day. The dude had a top knot and came with a latte. I was like, I need that. Like, that is so cool. I can play Buddy Brew at home. This is going to be awesome. And I realized something from this, from being a father, that my heart, my love tank is filled by spending time with my children. It's not a duty to spend time with them. I don't dread playing Barbies with them. I get to. I get to spend time with my babies when I come home. And I, my mindset started changing because I started realizing, if I feel this way about my children, how does God feel about spending with his children? That when you come to him, he loves it. And this is what you've got to realize, too. Oftentimes, I've, I've found that a lot of people, when they come to God, they feel like God is angry at them and they can't come to God. That there's no point in praying because God's just mad at you because of your mistakes or because of this or because of that. But whenever my children come and say, Daddy, will you play with me? I don't sit down and say, well, let's look and see how your behavior's been the past couple days. <laughs> Yesterday, you throat punched your sister. You shaved the neighbor's cat. You know, like, all the, you know, like, I don't go through and point out their issues because I realize my presence in their life is the very thing that they need. And God the Father is not going to keep you from his presence because in his presence is everything you need. In his presence is fullness of joy. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In the presence of Jesus is everything you need. And when you come to him, he's going to take care of you. You know, the Bible even says in Hebrews, it says that he chastises those whom he loves. There might be issues in my life, but good news, he loves me enough to point them out. And that's the love of God in my life saying, son, you got to get this issue under control. Son, I'm going to help you get this issue. He doesn't say get clean and come to me. He says, come to me and get clean. We, we have his presence, church. We have his presence. Number two, I have his provision. As children of God, we have his provision. Listen to what Matthew 6, 26 says. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Get this. Are you not of more value than they? So he's saying this. Listen, the Father is providing for all these birds. You know what I'm saying? Like all these birds, all them seagulls that you see flying around Tampa, God's taking care of them, dirty seagulls. You know, like God has them. They're not starving. God's taking care of them. If God is taking care of the birds, how much more is he going to take care of you? And I've learned that poverty is not a money issue. It's a value issue. Because if we don't realize that we're children of God, We'll live under an orphan mentality. And we'll find ourselves walking around looking like this kid. Can you throw that picture up for me? 
will walk around acting and living like your boy Oliver Twist. Please, sir, can I have some more? Please, please, God, can I please pay my power bill? Amen. Like, please, I've been eating ramen noodles for six months. Can I just have a break? You know what I'm saying? Like, I haven't had Starbucks in three weeks. Please, I just need like $2.25 for a vintage dark roast. You're like, like, we find ourselves, and even if we're not, we don't think we're living like that, we have adopted an orphan mentality. Because here's the deal. If we're not careful, that orphan mentality can lead us to believe that God does not want what's best for us. We can believe that God, you know, is glorified from our suffering or from our lack. But God is a good God who loves to provide for his children. But even as, I, you know, Dr. Doug, he, he has a quote, the radical middle. There's a balance to this because if we're not careful, that can cross over into an entitlement mentality. And an entitled mentality will have us living like this girl. Throw that picture up. Your girl, Veruca Salt. Now, if y'all don't recognize Veruca, she's from one of the greatest movies ever created, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. If you want to view paradise. It's a phenomenal movie. You can't lie. It's a great movie. Charlie Bucket. It's a picture of the gospel. Anyway, it's a whole other message. But Veruca, she's that girl the entire movie you just want to body slam. She's rude. She's just mean. And then finally, Blueberry Girl gets picked off. Mike TV, you know, like everybody slowly, Augustus Gloop gets picked off. Everybody's slowly getting injured. It's kind of a dark movie. And it's slowly happening. And then it's Veruca's time, and you're like, Veruca, bring out the Oompa Loompas, break out in song. I'm ready to see you go down. And Veruca goes and sees these geese laying, laying these chocolate golden eggs. She tells her dad, I want one now. And he's like, no, 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 I, you know, I'll get you. No, 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 I want one now. And, and if we're not careful, our mentality can get into an entitlement mentality where we're like, Lord, give it to me now. And as a father, I've learned, I love to buy my kids gifts. Like whenever I go somewhere, whenever I travel, I always bring them back a gift. I always bring them back a present. That's like my love language. I love giving. And I realized, though, early on, it started crossing over to this place where I was like, I think I created a monster. <laughs> Two little monsters. You know, like, because we've all been there before. You're in Target, and they want to go to the toy section. And you go to the toy section, they're like, Daddy, can I have this? And it hurt, and I hate saying it, but I had to just say, no. And they're like, excuse me? What is that word you just used? Honey, no, you need to earn it. And they're like, earn it? And they start melting in the floor. And then you got Glenda walking down the aisle, and it's like, mind your business, Glenda. This ain't got nothing to do with you. Don't daddy shame me. Because I realized that in order for them to one day carry weight as a mature son and daughter, they got to start working for some stuff. And I learned this when I was in college, and I was broke. Man, I was broke. And I, I like, listen, I was so broke. I remember, you know, when the E-light comes on and you're like prayer life 
uh, gets put to the test because you're like, Lord, one more mile. I know we can do this one more mile. And it starts again, and you're like, yes. And I remember being so out of gas, and I needed to go somewhere, that I, like, went through our shed and found the gasoline for the lawnmower in the little red can, and I was, like, filling it up, like, I'm getting like half a gallon out of this, but it's got to last me for the week, you know? Like I remember taking Lexi on the first date and swiping the card and just sweating. Like, please go through. <laughs> please go through. Praise God it did go through. That's why we're married today. You know, like, <laughs> please go through. So I pray, God, send financial provision. Lord, I need financial breakthrough. And I got a phone call, and someone was like, hey, I just had an opening uh, on my lawn care crew. Can you come do some weeding for me? And I bet, you know, let me pray about it. Lord, please send financial breakthrough. God, I need financial breakthrough. And the Lord was like, son, I already provided a way via a weed eater. Now deny yourself, pick up your weed eater, and follow me. And I realized the answer to my prayer was through an opportunity. And I just felt, even as I was preparing this message, just some of you in here, you've been crying out for a blessing. You've been crying out for an opportunity. I just feel to tell you, the door's about to be opened. Listen, God loves to bless his children. God loves to bless us. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to open that door in your life. Because he's a good father. He's going to provide your needs with surprises and gifts and blessings. And he's also going to provide for you opportunities to make some money. Bless God. The last thing, you can write this down. I have his protection. I have his protection. So I am, how many uh, dads of girls do I have in here? Wave at me real big. We got to stick together, you know what I'm saying? We got to start a coalition. When I, uh, when we found out we were going to have a baby and we we're doing the ultrasound, they're like, congratulations, it's a girl. I was like, awesome. And on the way home, I was like, honey, uh, pull in here to Bass Pro Shop. I need a firearm. Give me the biggest one you got. Like, I want the biggest knife. I want the biggest gun. I want a bazooka. You got any grenades back there? Like, or do you know a guy who's got some grenades? Like, I got to look after my babies. And, you know, and I'm, I'm preparing myself for that day because I know one day some little jerk's going to come. He's going to want to take out one of my babies. And so I got some time. I got like a solid like 10 years. So by then, Lord willing, I'm going to be like ripped. Like, I want to look like Leonidas from 300, like abs, beard, accent, you know, like, Dad, why are you talking about that? I'm like, shut up. This is Sparta, you know, like, like, even if my beard doesn't grow in that thick, I'm just going to get a fake beard and just be like, just come to the door. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to have my shirt off. I'm going to have my gun on my hip. Have an AR-15 strapped around my chest. Jim knows what I'm talking about. And we're going to be there, and, and I'm going to be like, come on in. Come on in. Oh, yeah, you can sit right there. Just move that hatchet over. Yeah, just move that hatchet. There's weird. There's weapons all over the house. It's really strange. I know. It's really weird. And then be like, you know, Mr. Peterson, why are you wearing uh, latex gloves? You know, not to have fingerprints on anything. Just in case, I, you know, I need to do some work. And then when they go on this date, and the time comes for them to say goodnight. And they're standing at the door. 
Reese is going to see a little red dot appear on his chest. And that's going to be the sign that the date's over. Time to shake hands and go home. You know, I'm, I'll be like Liam Neeson. I will find you and I will kill you. I will have the most thriving jail ministry you've ever seen. I will see revival in the jail systems. God send me, I'll go. Why? Because you don't mess with somebody's children. Some of you moms in here look nice. But there's an other side to you. You might be 100 pounds of Lululemon and lattes. But somebody messes with your baby. Fingernails are coming out. Hair's being pulled. Do I got any feisty, mean mamas up in the house? You mess with my babies, I will drive to the elementary school and hurt you. Because this is what you got to realize. You don't mess with somebody's children. And if that's how we feel about our babies, how much more does God feel about us? When you've been battling and you feel like all the way around you, you've been surrounded by the enemy and after left and right hit and hit and hit and you don't know what to do next. I want to tell you, your father in heaven sees you. Your father in heaven is ready to come running to your defense. You don't mess with somebody's children. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 18, verse 5. I want you to get this. We can never underestimate the power of a one word prayer when you're under attack and you don't know what to do and all you can say is help all you can cry out is help your father hears you listen to what it says the sorrows of Sheol surrounded me the snares of death confronted me in my distress I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. He sent from above. This is verse 16. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of the waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because... He delighted in me. And I feel this morning that you came in here battling. The bills are stacking up. There's a rift in your marriage. You're frustrated at your job. Anxiety is weighing on you. Depression is weighing on you. Fear is waiting on you. And you don't know what to do. I want to tell you, you can call on your father. You can call on your father, and he hears you. And parents, we know whenever one of our children falls down and gets hurt, we come running towards them. And I feel like some of you are hurt in this moment. You're broken, and you need the help of the father. The Bible tells a story in the Gospel of Luke, the story of the prodigal son. And the prodigal son made some bad decisions. He went down a wrong path, and he found himself at rock bottom. The Bible says that he was living in a pigsty and that he longed to eat the food that the pigs ate. The Bible says that all of a sudden one day he came to himself and he said, my father 
has servants and they have food to spare. Maybe, just maybe, if I come back, my father will let me be a hired servant. So he gets up and he rehearses this whole, you know, talk in his mind of how he's going to get back into the father's house. And the Bible says he starts to walk back. And this is what I want you to get. A lot of times people think that Father God is in heaven with his arms crossed like, yeah, I thought you'd come back, you little jerk. You little, you, you, you mistake. All you do is make mistakes. Come on, get in the house. Come on. I guess I'll forgive you one more time. Come on. How much longer are you going to do this? But that's not the picture that Jesus paints. The Bible says that the father was looking and saw his son a far way off. Number one, I want to tell you, the father was looking forward to this moment to have with you. He was looking ahead and he saw him a far way off. And the Bible says that the father began to run down the road towards the son. And rather than reprimanding his son, he scooped his son up in his arms and began to weep. And the son, you know, says, he's filthy, he's dirty. He says, well, you know, Father, I'm sorry, um, I'm, I'll be a servant. And the father doesn't even listen to it. He says, no, bring out the fatted calf. We're going to have a party tonight because my son who once was dead is now alive. My son who was lost is now found. And you're here today, and it's time to come back home to the Father. It's time to turn to the Father and say, Father, I need you. I've gotten into some mess. I got into a mess. There's addictions in my life. There's issues in my life. I feel alone. I feel afraid. I need you. Right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, this is a moment where the Father wants to encounter you. This is a moment that Father God's been looking for and been looking towards to show his love to you. And if you're here right now and you say, that's me, I'm far from God. Or that's me, I, I'm in some trouble. I'm stressed out. I'm worried. I have all this weight on me. I've been trying to do it myself. And I need my father to come to bat for me. I need my father to come to my rescue. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now. No one looking around. Thank you, Lord. Hands going up all over the room. I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you, Lord. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Right now, everyone in the room, I'm going to pray over you. Lord, I thank you for everybody here. Lord, I pray that they would receive a revelation of your love for them. Lord, that we would leave this room knowing we're not average. We're not normal. We're not an orphan. We are sons and daughters of Almighty God. I pray that from this day forward, we would have a mindset shift and we would know your love for us. Lord, for those who raise their hand, who are weighed down with burden and stress and anxiety, who've gotten themselves into various things of this world, Lord, I pray for freedom right now. I pray for breakthrough right now. And I pray, Lord, that in this moment, your love would shine in their hearts in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Would you lift up a shout of praise to Jesus right there for the people? who came back to the Father this morning. Amen. Come on, can we give it up for Jacob? What an incredible word. Give God a praise. Wow. Well, listen, some of you made a big decision today. Some of you 
recommitted your life to Jesus. Some of you accepted Jesus for the very first time today. And so I'm going to invite you to take out your connection card. And on the back of it, it says, my response. It has the header, my response. And the first choice is, I accepted Christ. And if you accepted Christ for the first time, go ahead and check that box. If you rededicated your life to Jesus, go ahead and check that box. It's so important because, you know, this is a journey that you're starting, and we want to be right there with you, helping you out, and we'd love to connect with you as well. So go ahead and take your connection card, and we're about to worship God with our giving. As the, as the giving buckets pass, you can put your connection card in there. You know, and, and as we get ready to worship God with our giving, there's three ways to give. You can give online, you can give via text message, or in this service through an envelope. And because of your generosity, all this is possible. You know, um, how many remember our At The Movie series last month? Wasn't that an incredible series? Did you know that 259 people visited Radiant Church for the very first time in that series? That's a big deal. That's only possible because of your generosity. You know, in one of the services, a gentleman came, came up to me and he said, hey, I'd love, I, I have to talk to you. He pulled me out to the lobby and he said, I just want to share my story. Um, for 10 years, I've been disconnected from my children. And God's just been working some things out, some misconceptions, some miscommunication. And now I get to experience a service with my children sitting right next to me. Isn't that awesome? You know, how many people right now are just disconnected from God? And you know what? Frankly, they're disconnected from family members. But God not only brings them together, but he brings them to him. And just like Jacob mentioned, we are his children. So we get to get to live out the life that he's called us to. And for some reason, some of us are disconnected. But because of your generosity, Radiant Church is able to get that message out to people all across Tampa Bay and people's lives are being changed. Come on, can we give God a praise for that? That's a big deal. That's because of your generosity. So I'd love to pray for the giving. Father God, we just thank you so much because it is an honor to be a part of what you're doing in this world, in this community, in Tampa Bay through Radiant Church, Lord God. We ask that that be multiplied, Father. And there are some of us in here that we, we may be going through a financial struggle and we, we can't give what we want to give. Lord God, I invite you into that situation. I invite you into that season, Father God, and I just ask for open doors. I ask for opportunity. I ask for grace and direction that comes from you. And you know what? We want to thank you in advance for what you're going to be doing in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.